Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back. The Prodigals. Because we're the Prodigals. <laughs> Welcome to the Prodigals podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics that you won't normally hear preached on the pulpit or discussed during Sabbath or Sunday school classes, and that is why we are here for you. My name is Mark, and I am joined by Alan and Billy. Yo, yo, yo. So in this episode, we will be attempting to answer the questions that some of you have submitted to us, but before that, we will be reacting to a tragic news that have rocked this world this week. So... On the morning of January 26, 2020, this past Sunday, Kobe Bryant, alongside his daughter, Gianna, were among seven others who died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Bryant was well-known as a legend in basketball circles, having won five NBA championships, with two of those as the finals MVP. He was an 18-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 12-time All-NBA Defensive and ranks fourth in the all-time regular season scoring list with 33,643 points. Reaction. Sad? Okay. Sad, I guess. I mean, I didn't really grow up watching Kobe Bryant, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think, but I, I think what made me really sad about it is to see the cultural impact that he had. Mm amongst like my peers, my friends, and also just within the basketball world, just how much of an impact he had. And then being able to empathize with that. Um, also, just having a sudden loss of anyone, I guess, yeah. is really, really, um, really hard and really sad. So like my, And like I'll, when I first, the news came out, I just heard it was like Kobe Bryant and a bunch of other um, people in his helicopter. And I think the f- one of the f- like follow-ups was like, um, people are saying like, oh, maybe all of his daughters are on the helicopter with him. I'm like, oh man, that would be really s- sad if like all his daughters were with him. And then when it came out that like uh, his daughter Gianna was with him, like that really, yeah, that really broke. That really broke my heart. I was like, wow, that's. Uh, I think how old was she? Like thirteen? Was she thirteen, 13 years old? Yeah. Thirteen years old. Like it's so heartbreaking to, see, to just to hear like just just the whole situation. Just really, just made me just sad. Yeah, it just really sucks. Super sucky. Um. Yeah. No. Um. When on Sunday, when when I I did, I was talking to my firstborn, mm, right? yeah, and we were yeah. just talking about basketball in general because the game was gonna was gonna show. Mm. Um. And so you know, I just quickly went on to one of the forums, and then it was right there. Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter, and. You know, with all the news and and stuff that goes around, that we've been around for a while, and we see, you know, news showing you know tragedies and stuff, Mm -hmm. and and um, I don't want to think that I'm desensitized to all these things, but there's a level of dis you know distance that we had. I mean, we were talking about in the other podcast of you know some of the the tragedies that was happening in Australia and stuff, and. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of feel that there's a, a distance there. Yeah. But I was shocked at this, um, yeah. mainly um, mainly because, you know, for Kobe Bryant, and I didn't grow up as a Kobe Bryant fan, sure. right? But the fact that he's 41 years old, yeah. right? Um, somebody that has means, you know, uh, it, um, 
you didn't expect it to happen this you know expect it to happen and definitely not this way it's definitely a shocking way in which it all played out and so i think that's what took me aback um but then you know my heart dropped when i saw you know that tweet by abc news that first started reporting that it was all the kids like you said oh yeah yeah right all the kids and my heart just sunk i'm like you gotta be kidding me there is just oh man that's crazy right Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that I'm a little bit relieved when it was just the one, yeah, right. But there is that silver lining to say, well, I mean, at least there is the other, you know, the other kids survived as well as the wife, right? Because if it was all four, my goodness, what, yeah, you know, how much more? Sad. Yeah, because I think I was reading. Um, I just saw this quick tweet about it, probably from a news outlet, how uh, Vanessa and Kobe like they made a decision that. Only one of them will be on the helicopter yeah. at a time. Like they'll never be on it together. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's that's very that's smart, smart, move. smart, smart move, yeah. smart move, smart move. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was so crazy just after hearing the news of how sudden it was. Like, I, when I went to sleep and I was sleeping beside my wife. I was like, really looking at her, and I'm like, wow, like life is so fragile. Like to cherish the ones that you love, and that um, just the unexpected could just happen, and. Um, I don't know. I just like it's tragic, tragic story, tragic thing for him. But it just made me so much more thankful, I yeah. guess, for just like um, just how God has been very, uh, uh, I don't know, sustaining and protecting and all these needs for us. And it just like I don't know. It just gave me just a big like perspective view of just life and the fragility of it, but also how God is holding it. And yeah, so it, yeah, that's that's like what really shook me with the news yeah and i think for for me i th- i took it in the sense that it that i didn't i was asking myself i'm i'm being shocked and i feel down because of this tragedy why am i not why didn't why is it kobe kobe bryant that you know that i'm i'm feeling this this type of way mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah right why isn't it for other people that you know, have passed away because of the coronavirus or mm-hmm. anything else that happened, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe it is just because, you know, being a basketball fan, you understand what, you know, Kobe yeah. um, and a lot of us, and, you know, we're all basketball fans that are here. And so maybe, you know, the sport that means something to us, we're connected to it that way. But I still found myself, you know, wondering why i can't you know why this reaction isn't for other people yeah right much to my you know much to my shame i i i just i just didn't right and so yeah i'm i'm trying to work through that between me and god and figure that out yeah yeah and it just shows you how as you said how sudden like all of a sudden life can you know be taken away from you Mm -hmm. and i think it was somewhere in james where it says we are but a vapor um Mm -hmm. one moment we're here and the moment we're gone um but what really gave me hope was that video clip with Stephen a smith Mm -hmm. where kobe was just confessing about his love for god and how um jesus christ found him and that he has carried him like all through his life and so that gave me hope that yeah, like maybe Kobe will be in heaven yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. all is said and done. So, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, we're praying for his yes, family, absolutely, yeah. his daughters, 
um, the seven other people that are there. Yeah, and the seven oh, other yeah. people that are there <clears throat> and their families as well. So, tragic news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to move on to our question and answer portion uh, in this episode. Q&A. So, we're going to be answering three questions tonight. And the first of the three goes like this. Was Jesus a social activist? Thoughts. Wait, define social activist. So, social activist Definition, is a person please. who uses or supports strong actions to bring about social change. And uh, that could be positive as well as negative. negative. Negative, right? So, it's just somebody that wants to change the status quo. Yeah. I suppose. Okay, fair. Right. I Whether mean, for the better or for worse. Okay, so based off that definition, I would say yes, Jesus was a social activist. <laughs> yes. Okay. He is trying to bring um, different values, kingdom values, God's kingdom values onto this earth, which are totally different from the world's values. Okay. Um, you know, like being selfless, loving your neighbor, loving God. Sure. Um, yeah. Looking out for the poor. For the marginal which he, he totally did which he totally did um yeah like just i don't know he just has some very upside down values in terms of the world's values this is just me based off <laughs> the social i mean the definition of social of so social, social activist. okay that's uh, what i can come to conclude to that's just based off just pure definition yeah, I think uh, for me, it's just a matter of semantics in the sense that okay, are we talking about are we talking about social action in terms of what was around him at that time, mm-hmm. or are we talking about a complete makeover? Because there's two two types of cultures that that are clashing within the Gospels. There's the Greco-Roman world, mm-hmm, yep. and then the Kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Those are for like, are we talking about that kind of because I don't know I, based on the definition I don't I don't know if it's encompassing of hey somebody else is bringing in another culture and that's the social action that they want to bring about right or is yeah. it the social action within the defined sort of system that they have mm-hmm. and you can make an argument for that way one way or another because he is talking to predominantly the he- Jewish Hebrew nation. Mm-hmm. Right. And all throughout the Old Testament, you know, particularly when it when we were talking about like the marginalized and whatever part specifically like the widows uh, and the orphans, God has a special soft spot for those, sure. you know, for for uh, people that fall into that delineation. Mm-hmm. Jesus is no di- different when he comes in and talks about that. Right. You know, when he talks about children as well, you know, the the the, the widow with the two mites. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's other things that he brings about. Uh, and I've always uh, I've been taught that Jesus was trying to bring them back to the to the way that they were supposed to be, the way that God had intended it. Mm-hmm. And when they first moved into the promised land. Okay. So is that social? I mean, is that is a social activist something uh, somebody that changes the way it used to be or the way it is? Does it incorporate, you know, somebody that's trying to bring them back to the way it's supposed to be? Like I said, semantics, yeah. semantics, uh, philosophy, you know, it's all it's all kind of there. So this <laughs> yeah. was not this was an e- an easy question that's for so me to, to answer yeah. just because of all of yeah. that. 
Yeah, I think I think the most I'll go is he was kind of a social activist, there's, uh, partly. There's elements. Um, there's elements of it because, to be honest, uh, his main thing is to to fix the problem of sin, right? Yes. Um, and part of fixing the problem of sin is fixing the social aspects of society. Okay. So I think that was just a byproduct of uh, his goal um, that he accomplished is mm-hmm. that, like, eventually, like, if, if if it was up to him, like, his people within the kingdom that is, you know, furthering the kingdom will be the ones to, what's it called, promote social change. Right. And to bring about social change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not his main yeah, that's the goal. main goal. Right. It's not for outward so I, social change. Yeah. So I can't, I can't say that he is, but since he accomplished whatever he accomplished on a cross, that it is done and it, it is completed, that sin has been overcome and his kingdom is here right now, that he is bringing social change through the people. So are we saying yes because... You know, if we're if we're looking at other social activists, right? Mahatma Gandhi, MLK, you know, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, you know, they had sort of they're they're sort of known by this one defining feature, this one defining sort of uh, mission that they've had. But Jesus has, you know, like like you were saying, Mark, he's got other things that he's trying to hit, right? That yeah. that wasn't necessarily his main thing, even though. You know, if we're if we're gonna say what he was talking about in terms of like what's the greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, that falls under that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that nullify in the sense that okay, he's he has social justice, uh, social activism aspects of his of his tenure here in Earth, or but it does it sort of you know disclude him from being a social activist because he has more than one thing because that made. Technically, wasn't his main thing, I guess? Yeah, Maybe? technically. Okay, fine. So, I guess he's not a social activist then. I have no he idea. He can be. I guess <laughs> he like, could be, based could off, be. like, just what he did. But I yeah. agree with Mark a lot that Jesus did come to um, take care of the, pro- the the sin problem. Yes. And and, yeah. out of, and as a result of people um, uh, being uh, not having uh, sin... Uh, being tied to sin, having that guilt, that shame, and having sin uh, cultivated in themselves to bring out, like, I guess, the worldly values and worldly things that now you know, the Holy Spirit that now lives in us. And that creates change in us, which can create social change around us. Yeah. Is that, does that make sense? Is that true? Am I a heretic? No, no. I, yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, even, you know, like the God of the Old Testament, which is like the Father, right? Mm. Um, he still commanded israel to treat the poor with dignity right and even treat slaves with you know like compassion and with fairness and so uh, he had all these rules uh, within israel's uh, society that told people that they should be compassionate they should be loving and they should promote social justice and Mm -hmm. so um i think god has always been uh, he always had a heart for social justice. Maybe he's a social justice warrior. And, and a big... Oh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he is. I think... Because a big part of the prophet's literature talks about justice and social justice and um, treating people and slaves not 
um, not to abuse them. And yeah, so I'm pretty sure like Jesus wants social justice to prevail, right? So yeah. Um, no, I was just also thinking that you know he can you can have the title as savior as well as be a social activist. So you, it's not necessarily you have to... Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah, just yeah. thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, they don't, yeah, they're not, yeah. They don't cancel each other out yeah, just yeah. because of that. So based on, you know, based on, on, on the Sermon on the Mount, right? I mean, because yeah. a lot of it, because if he's talking about social, if we're talking about him being a social activist, it's not like we can base it on some of his acts as he interacts with other people because... Is he asking the social aspect, the justice of it, is to feed for five thousand people off of like two loaves and like whatever? <laughs> like, uh, is it to heal people just by laying their hands on them and and casting out demons? That's yeah. not what you know what normal people do, sure. right? Um, so, I, I, yeah. So based on that, it's not there. But you know, if you take you know Matthew, yeah, Matthew six. Maybe, the on the maybe if yeah. you just look at really meta, he can be a social <laughs> activist. Since he is a savior of the world, yes, yes he is a social <laughs> activist. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. It's one of our new pillars of our new uh, prodigal <laughs> religion. Jesus <laughs> was a social activist. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, before we get into any more trouble, okay. Second question. How can we approach adults in our churches to tell them that they need to change their methods? <laughs> okay, we're getting in trouble nonetheless, so... <laughs> oh my god. Man, I've never... Have you guys ever been approached like that by someone? Like, you need to change your ways. <laughs> not in that way, but like, like your met- the methods you're doing are not effective. No? Yes. No. Oh! <laughs> Okay, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just uh, they 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 just laid it out there, and I thank them for their their input, and that I would take it into consideration. Did you take into consideration? I don't remember. How was the approach? Pretty straightforward. Straightforward, like, like blunt. Yeah, there wasn't very much small talk. There wasn't a whole. I don't. I don't remember. There was a whole lot of context. Like, oh yeah, so it's just like you know you've been doing da 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 da, and then but you need to no. They didn't. They just came out i think i'm pretty sure they just gave it that's all i remember sure, sure. because you know it okay let's talk about this in terms of like whoever's receiving it mm-hmm. particularly if it's <clears throat> if it's something that they're they're passionate about or you know it's part of like their identity in church sure right they're gonna take it they're gonna take it real hard they're gonna take it some way of course right? they are oh, um yeah. and i think that there are there are special people that are able, or there are people that just want the thing to succeed, and so they'll they'll be like, yeah, that's you know that's 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 like a great you know um, insight, whatever. So you know, first off, see if the person I guess that you're talking to is open to suggestions, open yeah. to like yeah, whatever it is, right? Um, do you have a relationship with this person? Yeah. Do you have a do you have like a are you bluntly gonna tell a random person, an adult that you don't know, like, hey, what you're doing is wrong? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like... But that happens, doesn't that? It happens oh, in church when somebody's oh. like, particularly if they're... Uh, so if, you know, maybe a parent or an adult that's actually not married is looking at the youth sort of department and the youth pastor and, you know, they don't have a whole lot of 
interaction they don't come out to the youth events Fair. right uh, and they just see sort of like the <laughs> actions of the youth and they're like hey you you need to change something because it's not working mm. but they haven't actually been in yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the area to see what it is that's not working they just see sort of you know the i don't know what's the word that, I, that i'm looking for um the the ramification no, they're not they're not seeing the results no, they're seeing. No. They're just oh, no. seeing. They're just seeing, oh, they're seeing the, the behavior. Yeah, like certain behaviors that that doesn't necessarily, you know, that they agree with. But they're not seeing the internal changes, or they're seeing the change, um, the growth that maybe the youth pastor. Yeah. that is that the youth pastor is seeing in those. Yeah, certain youth. Yeah. So, so maybe you know, if you're going to approach somebody, if you're going to approach an adult, you know, make sure you've been there, you know, and, and not just like one, you know, one day where you've seen. You know, maybe you catch them on a bad day, or maybe you catch them on a good day, okay. right? Um, you know, and and you don't have an accurate picture of what it is. Spend some time, you know, whatever it is that you want them to change, observing it and seeing with them. Have as we were talking about, have the relationship. You know, uh, try to help out. Try to be, you know, um, 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 helpful in whatever they're trying to do. In that way, maybe they'll say, "Hey, yeah, we're both trying to push the same way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe you know it, it'll be easier for that it's way. Coming to the middle ground, yeah, I think that's huge. Coming to the middle ground and understanding that um, they're both everyone's on the same side here. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make an assumption about this question. Assumption about this question is, <laughs> we let's say adults, they uh, adults and this person, we want more non-believers in the church. Okay. I mean, we want to see more people come to Christ. Um, what the older adults are doing are ineffective. I am going to go to an older adult and be like, "Hey, so like, what's your method of, like, what's your method of approaching non-believers? Like, do you like what do you usually do? Like, like at at work or something like that?" And understand them. I think for me, before I even try to give advice to anyone, I always try to understand them and understand yeah. the perspective and understand why they're doing their methods, why they're doing it that way. Because maybe they're in their pre, in their perspective, this is the most right thing they can do in this uh, to to bring more people. Maybe they had the results in the past, but maybe that yeah. was like ten years ago. And mm-hmm. culture has yeah. changed, people have changed, and um, you you I, you just come you you come as like a a safe partner here that we both want more people to come to Christ. Yeah. So like, hey, like I've uh, like I'm I'm still kind of new to the faith, but like I've been. Uh, seeing growth in my friends and more people coming to Christ, so like this is what I've this is what I've experienced. This is what I've been doing. This is what I've been experiencing. Um, and then just conversational, like conversational. Yeah. It's not like you need to do this. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. let's talk. Like let's bounce ideas. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That's that's relational. I yeah. Think... Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I think like going further for me, or like putting it more specific for me. Yeah. Uh, what I was gonna say like in the beginning was to ask more questions rather than give answers yeah. or like telling them this is the way that you're gonna do it mm-hmm. that you should do it yeah. it's just try to understand and the way you understand is ask questions yeah. um, and that way they're not they don't feel like you're accused accusing them mm-hmm. or they're you're bossing them around but they feel like you want to have a conversation mm-hmm. and you want to get to know them better and if someone feels that you want to get to know them better, then they'll be more receptive to having that conversation. Mm. And you know, who knows? Like Asking more questions will help you learn more about that person. Mm-hmm. And you'll see why they're doing things the way that they're doing. And maybe God will tell you something through that person as well. So, um, Question. 
the things that we talked about, it makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as you know, somebody that is around millennials, whether I'm a millennial or not, does this is this applicable across cultures? Like ethnic cultures? Yeah. Uh, or, and, yeah. or age? Well, I guess that's what we're assuming age. Yeah. Age does it? Well. And the reason being is because I, you know, in I, I was brought back as we were talking, you know, a memory of. A flashback of of when I went to seminary, mm-hmm. you had uh, you had this one particular p- teacher that was teaching sort of like um, strategies within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a different culture than a good majority of the students that were that yeah. were there. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing rumblings like, "Oh, he doesn't understand, you know, our you know our situation, our culture. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that we do this in these types of churches." Yeah. Right, and so, you know, from a uh, let's talk from us in a Filipino, you know, context. Will that work? I think so. You think? I think so. Okay. I think you've had a lot more dealings with Filipino adults than I have. No, I think I think they're willing to talk. I think they're just. Um, I think a part of it is they've seen it the way they've that they've done it, and they've. Seen and the only way that they do it be- is because um, the only reason that they do it is because that's the same way that they've seen it done by their past generations, right? Sure, like their yeah. parents and their, because they grew up in the Philippines. Uh, but they're, the ways that they have done it doesn't necessarily translate to North American um, values, right? So, uh, but they are willing to learn. But the key thing is relationship. If you're new to church and you start asking questions right away, they might feel threatened. But if they get to know you more and if they get to have that friendship with you and they know what you're all about, and then then you ask the questions. And mm. I think it can work. I like that. I like that. Um, I am, though, bringing, you know, going back to sort of like biblical you know stories and stuff and mm-hmm. i'm reminded of like certain certain people that god would try to get some you know them to do things mm-hmm. but it was only until they ran you know the the full course of like what they wanted to do how far they wanted to do jonah oh, right yep, yep, before yep, he, yep, they yep. were able to push the envelope baby yeah before they were able to yeah before they well before they were ready to accept what it is that they wanted you know that god wanted them to do right and so I guess, you know, with the cultural aspect of it and, you know, how I, you know, I was talking about, you know, it, it takes a, a special person to be open to, mm-hmm. you know, all suggestions, you know, sometimes it may just be a matter of time. You got to give them, you know, space and time sure, to yeah. sort of like try out all their, all Exhaust their ideas the and, and see whether it, it, it works or not. And, you know, and, and you know, pray really, because you can't understand, you know, their, their level of commitment to that and where they are in the process to say okay this is working or this is not working yeah right uh because i think the last thing that you want to do is kill a ministry Mm -hmm. right go in and say hey yeah this is not working you're not exactly doing a good job so yeah like i mean changing was one thing we got you have to change your methods or you've got to be changed right yeah i mean (laughs) to be that that i mean definitely you don't want to go that 
you know, that route. And you don't want to kill a person's ministry, a person's passion, because the other part, and I guess maybe we, we can talk about this a little bit or we don't because this opens a diff- different kind of worms is maybe God's put them in that place because that's where, you know, that's their body part. That, that's, you know, that's who they're, you know what we're talking about? Yeah, the body. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, the body of Christ. Right. And that's, that's, that's where, where God put them in. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe they have to, you know, sort of figure things out. Maybe yeah. you are the one that's, that's, that's helping them get along and, 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 and progress to something that's better, but you don't want to kill it. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Right. Yeah, so sure. first off, obviously you have, obviously you have, uh, pray and ask for discernment. Yeah. Whether or not discernment. Yeah. Even, whether you do it, yeah. pick a nice yeah. time, you know, for the right time, for the right place and the right words to say, obviously that's the first thing that you want to do. And then try to incorporate some of the other things that we talked about as well. Yeah. That's huge, yeah. Right? That's pretty good. Yeah. And most of all, (laughs) and most of all, how can we, and how should we approach adults in our church? It's not just adults. It's just also It's just people. Youth, like people. Human beings. um, Yes. With a spirit of humility. I was just going to say Not just for them to see, but also for our sake, right? Because we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like, none of us have all the answers to ourselves. So if we have that spirit of humility um, and going into the conversation, telling ourselves that we don't know everything, uh, maybe I will learn something in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. Can I, can I suggest something that you should not do? What? Don't go around them. Don't go around them. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go around them. Don't go to the pastor. Don't go to the elder. Or if it's the pastor, don't go to like the, the whoever Whoever's is above, them. Yeah, above yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. To say, yeah, you got to talk to them because whatever. Right? That's not nice. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, yeah. if this is on your heart and God has placed it on your heart, you know, there there might be a reason why he's, you know, it's there because he wants you to be the person that, that talks to him. But you got to do it in a way that is loving. You got to uh, in the way that is kind and, and is helpful. Yeah. Right. So don't go around. I know sure. particularly when we're going back to the culture, I know with Filipinos, right, we don't necessarily like confrontation. So we'll go around. Right. A lot of Asian cultures will go around. <laughs> right. We don't want to rock the boat. So we'll go around. We'll go to the person that has authority to somebody that they'll listen to quote unquote you listen to right? and, and they'll say hey yeah you got to fix this problem mm. yeah All right so please don't go around don't go around <laughs> go to them directly but be loving in humility and be humble yes. algorithms that's all I want <laughs> that's all I want I want algorithmic decision, faith that decision tree <laughs> I need that decision tree alright so for our last question Number three, what advice would you give a Christian who is new to the faith? What would you do? Because we answer first a lot. I would, (laughs) I would tell them that, okay, I would tell them that just because they accepted Jesus and just because they got baptized and gave their life to Christ doesn't mean that it's going to be easy from here on out. Okay. And there's mm-hmm. going to be trials and there's going to be hardships, even more so now maybe. Yeah. Uh, to And that's used by God to grow them and to give them more faith and to even equip them for future and bigger battles and trials. So um, to I, w- I would advise them to look out for trials. Um, to not shy away or not to question God 
um, oh, why, why is this happening to me? I gave my life to you because he never promised an easy life. And, um, and those trials are used by God to help you grow you. That's some good advice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> what about you guys? Me? What would I say to a new Christian? I I think what if, like what first popped up to me is get get plugged into a community. Yeah, small that was group. my first thought. Yeah. Small group or I get yeah somebody small you group. can walk with. Exactly, like right. so, like it doesn't have to be like a gr- big group of people, I guess. Two or three, small right? oh, oh, or two or three gathered. Two or three. Yeah, Ooh, out of context verse. No, well, I mean, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> no, that that person where I mean that that passage where it's like uh, two people and then there's. Three chords not easily broken. I can't. Oh, remember. I know that one. That's like yeah. a wedding. Yo, I've heard it that used in weddings. I know it's wedding, but yeah, it yeah, the chord one. To, I know that one. That's you know, it applies to just anything. Proverbs. Yeah, I never got that. I sang at a wedding. I'm like, where's this? Where's this from? Why <laughs> oh, are people because, doing this? You know, the wife and the God. husband, and then the yeah. third is God. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, get put into community, like uh, people that can uh, help you grow in studying word, help you grow in prayer, help you grow in. Uh, pushing you out of your comfort zone in terms of stepping out in faith, I guess, in uh, everyday life. Um, yeah, people around you who can hold you accountable. Um, and just, like, people you can just grow with in Christ. Yeah. I think that's that's huge. That's huge. It is that's huge. huge. I've seen, a, like, I've just seen so much growth in um, uh, new Christians and who have, like, um, really committed to uh, their their community of believers, their Jesus community. Yeah. And I've seen, like, tremendous growth. So definitely one of the first things I would tell a new believer to do. Yeah. And, you know, I I think that, you know, for new Christians or even just, you know, regular Christians that, that try to approach that, I think one of the big sort of slippery slopes, I don't want to say it's a big mistake, but Mm -hmm. one of the slippery slopes they have is that they choose automatically the most godly person that they've, that they think of, right. They've got to hang around and they've got to whatever that person's sort of like been there or, or, or they, maybe they reached to, to, you know, somebody that that's way far, you know, and yeah. and and that's great. You know, maybe you try to be that way, but remember, we've all, you know, we all have flaws, mm. right? Um, and that, you know, the person that you're 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 gunning for, like you want to be towards that person, you want to try to be emulate that person, right? That person's flawed, and it really should be Jesus. But are you really sure that their that their journey? is going to know exactly the way that, you know, the it's path true. that you're going to be taking, mm-hmm. right? And the thought and the, the situation that came to mind is, you know, somebody that came, you know, as, a, as an immigrant, but they're, you know, they're, they're very, you know, spiritually mature, right? But their, their path and their upbringing and their context is much different from a person that's grown up here in North America, sure. right? Uh, and as we've mentioned, you know, just... Be with somebody that wants to go that way. Somebody that can walk with you. They don't have to have the answers that, you know, all the answers that you're looking for. In fact, when, you know, when we advise people to find a mentor, we talk to that mentor and say, and tell them, look, you're not supposed to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Listen to them and and walk so that, you know, you can encourage them that you're going the same way too. Right? Because really what it is, and when we're talking about, and, and the, the passage that's come to mind is, is Paul saying, this is a marathon. Mm, yeah. right it's going to be a long haul right so be with somebody that's that's going that route right mm-hmm. right um so i guess that's the one thing when we're talking about the other thing i guess we're talking about is you know make an emphasis on growing mm-hmm. right yeah. you know put in your put in put in the time right put in the time with god 
right? Do your prayers, do your, you know, reading, learn, grow, right? Uh, start off with John and Proverbs, because those are probably the ones that are most digestible to people that have not been, you know, in a church yeah, yeah, yeah. necessarily, right? So, yeah, I think that would probably be what I'd first cool. tell them. Yeah, Read your Bible, pray every, every day, day, and you'll grow. Grow, grow. Amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, so second. that brings us to... That's the second pillar, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, that's all we have for you today, and we hope that you are blessed, that you join us next time. You can reach us on our socials. Um, I still don't remember them. Facebook, <laughs> The Prodigals Podcast. Instagram, The Prodigals Podcast. But on Twitter, it's The Prodigals Pod. Pod. Because... Yes. Because Twitter doesn't allow that much characters in your head. <laughs> there you go. So come back. We miss you. <laughs> we'll see yeah. you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. And we hope that you join us on The Prodigal.